When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Friend of Songs. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Fumbled the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, last time I step in the bank. You can't be making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake. When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change. Cause every action got a consequence. Consider your ways. Hardest thing to do in life is elevate to your pain. I can relate to feeling like your life is stuck in the face. Giving effort, but results just keep remaining the same. Have some patience with yourself. Shit ain't as bad as you claim. I seen the homeless nigga smile while he was standing in rain. It's all about perspective. Catching blessings and cryptocurrency been busting, and I'm well invested. She know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressing. I'm legend. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste, I'm putting food on place. Mill. Welcome to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Y'all, Atlanta edition. We in ATL, Hotlanta. We got my brother Kelly to the right Ooh, of me. I know y'all studio. see we got somebody else in the studio. Hey, we got another brother coming guest. back. Hey. We had to pull up in this city. 
So you know we had to make this interview happen in yes, person. Sir. Hey, I just want to welcome on to the show Ash Cash. Hey, what's up, brothers? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. No I appreciate problem. you. Hey, my brother, what's I up? just want to say thank you for pulling up. Yes, thank, thank you for you. showing love, man. You always show love right off the rip, my brother. So I just want to say appreciate you for that, bro. And uh, everybody, if you haven't listened, you need to go back and listen. What, what episode was that, David? You remember? I ain't gonna lie, but look, look for my brother. We've been dropping them, yeah. but look for the episode with Ash Cash. We done it before. It was around like this time last year. Yeah. So about a year ago, we put this out, but y'all definitely go tap into that. And uh, we just want to get into exactly what it is that you do. You're a financial educator, yes. my brother. So you went from being a CEO of a bank to now being a financial educator. Yep. What made you take that step to say, I'm going to start educating people. I'm going to start doing more than just working at this bank. My purpose is greater than this. What made you do that? Yeah, in the words of the Honorable Sean Carter, I'm a big J fan. Uh, there's much bigger issues in the world I know, but I first had to take care of the world I've known. You know, I grew up in the projects, man, in St. Nicholas Projects in Harlem. And working my way up in the ranks and through banking, through doing all the stuff through corporate America, I realized at some point that the people I was working with, the clientele I was working with didn't look like me. They didn't come from my background. And I just knew that, you know, I had more joy going to Rikers Island, you know what I'm saying, teaching the inmates about how when they get out to be financially free, so mm -hmm. they never have to go back in. I have more joy going to inner city schools, talking to youth about financial literacy. I have more joy going to churches and mosques and, you know, just talking to people about, you know, how to become financially free. And so for me, I said, you know, I want to match my passion with the paycheck. And so it was really a decision about, you know, I don't want to be transactional anymore. I don't want to just, you know, open up bank accounts and help you with mortgages and meeting a quota for a financial institution, which at the time, you know, when I left the big guys, the recession was just hitting. And I was like, you know what, this ain't it. I want to spread this message. I want to help my people change their mindset in order to become wealthy, right? Because we are going to be the generation. I'm an OG. I mean, still a millennial. I'm an OG millennial. I, like I started it, you know what I'm saying? But I believe that we are the generation that's changing the trajectory of history, right? Mm. Like what y'all doing at Black Wealth Renaissance, like it's literally what's happening. Mm -hmm. There is a Black Wealth Renaissance happening. And I just had the foresight to say, listen, this needs to happen. Took a chance to do it. And, you know, I'm just happy that as a collective, there's a whole movement that just can't be stopped. Man, I want to go back to, you said you were at Rikers Island. Yeah, I, I wanted to get into that inmates. too. How was that experience? I didn't even know you were doing that, yeah. my brother. Yeah, man, fast shout to C-74, right? Adolescence at war, if you know, you know. The thing about, you know, growing up in the hood is that whether you've been in jail physically, you've been in jail, right? And so it's like, it's the streets, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I knew the rules, right? I know the rules. Walk with your head up. Don't drop, right? Don't drop the head. Don't drop the eyes, right? Like, look at man in his eye, you know what I'm saying? And so it was good, though, because when I was doing that, my goal was to shock the system, right? And so I would purposely come in in, like, a suit and decked out and look like, you know, I was from Parsippany, New Jersey. No disrespect to Parsippany, New Jersey. It just sounded like a nice place. <laughs> but, I, but I literally would come in there looking decked out. And, you know, they would like, ah, uh, who'd you know? Yeah. Uh, and then when I start talking and they realize like, oh, he one of us, right? It was the most gratifying thing. Like me, you know, I always say any place I go, I want to make sure that I leave it better than how I found it. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I believe that my purpose in life is to demonstrate God, right? No matter what your faith is, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, I know there's only one God, right? So Buddha, Allah, you know, Jesus Christ, whatever you believe in, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you don't believe in God at all, you believe in the universe. I believe that in order to prove that there's a higher power, that the only way you could do that is be given the worst of the worst situation and climb out of it, right? You think about somebody rich. Somebody rich can't really prove that there's a God, right? Because at the end of the day, somebody rich already has everything, quote unquote. And so really to get this basic necessities and start to thrive, they already sort of came in the game this way, right? Which is why Black Wealth Renaissance, think about what's going to happen, right? How can you prove that we are, you know, gods, right? Mm -hmm. Because we've given our situations, we took our situations and we made the best out of it. And so why did I say that? Because what other way, right? Me going to Rikers Island, going to a place where people think it's the end. It's, yeah. you know, like this is the beginning of the rest of my life, but the rest of my life is going to be in shackles. And I'm saying, well, nah, fam, I'm from where you're from. So here's some things that I did Right. Here's some things that you can do. Here's how when you do finally get right, here's how you can go that different way. Right. Because representation matters. If all they see is drug dealers, ball players, and rappers, mm -hmm. that's what they're going to want to be. So for me, it was like, yo, let me go in there and show them a banker who's from the Jets. And let me show you that I still speak your language, though. I know all the codes and all the rules. Mm -hmm. I can talk you, talk all that. But if you stay focused and put your mind into something, you could change your life forever. And, and mm -hmm. so it was the most, I want to say, fulfilling thing I've done. And that's why I'll always stay true to that, because there's somebody listening right now who's an underdog, who thinks they're an underdog, because they're not really an underdog, right? Mm -hmm. It's all a mindset, who was, you know, I'm the youngest of three, single parent home, kicked out of school four times, right? Went to three different high schools, grade was horrible, couldn't even get into any college, I had to go to a community college, right? So like all of that, and then 24, I'm a VP of a bank. By 31, I'm a CEO, right? And so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And I want people to, to realize that. Man, mm. that's inspiring. And like if someone else wanted to help out inmates and wanted to take those type of steps, you know, maybe they're in a good situation, but at the same time, they come from the hood, like just like us. How did you set that up? How do you get plugged into some of those prison systems where you can help these people become a better version of themselves. Yeah, so I think, I so a couple of ways, right? So number one is connecting, like if you want to physically go, it's connecting with nonprofit organizations that already have a relationship with the facility, right? And so for me, there was an organization in New York called GoSo, Getting Out and Staying Out, and I just volunteered. I volunteered for the program. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And literally, the program worked with both people who were currently incarcerated, but then also people who got out and needed help trying to not have them go back in. So I would say number one is start with nonprofit organizations that are already in those facilities. Also, write a book. Right. I get letters all the time. So, you know, I get letters all the time from people who are incarcerated mm -hmm. who say, I didn't even know inmates get email. Right. I didn't know that. I didn't and know so, that so I was getting emails, you know, from people who were locked you know, behind the wall saying, yo, I just read your Hustlenomics books. Yo, I read Wake Up Call. I read My Right Money Right. And it really changed my life. My Right Life Right. And so anybody from the hood 
or anywhere, any background, if you've overcome anything, I think that another way to get your message out is to really, you know, take your knowledge, take everything that you've done, everything who you are and create a how-to guide, right? Mm -hmm. Create a guide that allows people to get a glimpse of your knowledge and help them stay the right way. That way also you can scale it, right? Because when I think from a perspective of even now physically going into the prison system, I could probably do it once a month, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on what I got going on. But if I write a book or if I create something that doesn't necessarily need my time, I can now spread that word everywhere, right? I'm working on, it'll be out soon, my semi-biographical memoir called From the Block to the Bank, right? How to Overcome Your Circumstance. And I never really liked writing about myself, but when I started getting all these stories and mails of people who are behind a wall, I know a guy who hit me out of Texas, actually, and he said, yo, so funny story, his partner, who did like 13 years in jail, came home, he's doing trucking now, and he's doing his thing. He's actually one of my clients, right, for book clients. And he was like, yo, one of my guys was talking about a book that changed his life. He's done 20 years already, and he's like, yo, when he get out, you know what I'm saying, he's going to change his life because he read a book called Mind Right, Life Right. And I said, yo, that's crazy, right, how small the world is. And so now he's saying how he read a book of mine, and it changed his whole perspective about what direction he's going to go in life. And just getting those stories made me realize how much that I don't even really talk about my story in my books. And so I said, I'm going to write a semi-autobiographical book called From the Block to the Bank. But I think another way of reaching people, whether they're behind the wall or on a larger scale, is really taking your knowledge and using that knowledge to sell it and kind of, you know, get it out there to the masses. Man, that's mm. awesome. I really want to hit on the other side of it, right? So you, it sounds like you found your purpose in helping people. If I'm on the inside looking out, I feel like I don't have anywhere to go. I'm incarcerated. How do I get to that next level? Yeah. I think the thing that in anybody, right, especially those on the inside, what we all have to realize is that we all have a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. As long as you have breath in your body, you have purpose. And what the most important thing is that think about what got you there, right? And when I say what got you, I'm not saying like harp on the negative and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, what was your skill, right? What did you do well? Right. What was your skill? And then when you think about, you know, no matter like don't judge yourself is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Don't go in there and beat yourself up. No. Right. Because the treasure is in who you are. Mm -hmm. Right. What happens is that all we have in life is energy and you will get whatever energy, wherever you direct your energy. And so if you are very charismatic. Right. And you are putting your energy towards, you know, being charismatic in the street, then you're, you're probably going to go towards a certain profession and that's going to come with its consequences. With that same charisma, you, you can, can put that else. in corporate America yeah. and you could be a CEO of a bank. Right. Yeah. The same craftiness that it takes you to understand how to weight the 36 grams, like understanding that it's 36 grams. Of the oak, like getting the count right. Like that's a skill. Don't let nobody tell you that ain't no skill. That's a skill to know how to package that. Especially that's a skill. if you can eyeball it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you can eyeball it, that's even better. Right? And so what happens is that a lot of people behind the wall or even currently in the streets, what they're doing is they're, they have energy. They're just directing it to the wrong mm -hmm. place. And so the goal is to just take that energy and direct it in a different place, right, that has better consequences, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because what happens is that if you direct it in one place and it has these set of consequences, Take that same skill. You know what they used to tell me? They used to tell me, yo, stop talking. You talk too much. You're too loud, right? Be quiet. Those are the main things. I go to school. I got kicked out of school for being loud, right? 
Now I get ten thousand a show. Now I, said, <laughs> now, now I get ten thousand a show to be loud. Right yeah. now, a corporation could book me, and why are they booking me? Right, because finances is boring, and they're like, "Yo, we need energy. We need somebody to teach Make this in fun. a way that's yeah. energetic." Right, and so I go on my conferences and I yell. I get on stage. I get on a Zoom call, and we do affirmations. They yell back at me. Everybody leave pumped up. The same hype, though. Mm. The same hype that I, when I was on the corner arguing about who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay-Z, mm -hmm. right? When I was arguing on the corners, the same energy is the same energy I take on, on stage. And so I'm just saying that you could try to change, but that's just the top layer, fam. Mm -hmm. You was who you was when you got here. I don't want you to change. If you hear what I'm saying, I don't want you to change. I want you to be who you are because that's who you are. But just, just direct the energy in a energy. different direction. Yeah. That's powerful. Mm, yeah, that, that's very, very powerful. Like you said, a lot of times we get in trouble or people criticize us for being who we are and they don't understand how to really harness and help us manifest our gifts. Yes. A lot of times, like you said, you got in trouble for being loud. You got in trouble for being this. But they didn't realize you're a public speaker. Absolutely. That's what you were born to do. It's same thing with the charisma and everything. You're a salesman or you're someone who maybe a politician. You're mm -hmm. someone who's meant to talk to people because you can tug, pull on the heartstrings. You can actually start to connect with those people. And a lot of times, sometimes we get bored in school, in the environments, mm -hmm. because in those environments, it's play by these set of rules, you know, don't work together. You know, you got to be an individual, do this, do this, do this. And it's so critical that a lot of times it hurts the younger generation. And then that's whenever we start to fall off the bandwagon, because like you said, now, I'm going to put my energy into something that I feel like I can be really good at. And this is fun for me now. I'm making bread with it. Like, I can do this. I can do that. Why not? Fuck school. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, though. What we don't realize is that school is an old model that just doesn't work anymore. Right? Mm -hmm. Meaning this. Meaning that when the Industrial Revolution happened and the people who built those type of industries, they needed people to work for them. Right. And so they funded higher education. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they wanted to be able to weed out the people who were going to run the factories, the people who were going to run the businesses. So it was an entrepreneur. Right. Who made a lot of money or a group of entrepreneurs who made a lot of money, who then decided that they wanted to create a system where they could get workers from. Right. And I'm not saying school is, is a bad thing. I'm just saying that school is not necessary. Right. If you don't have a network and then you want to build a network, then, yeah, you could probably go to school and build a network. If you are doing something that is specific and needs a license or needs a degree, then, yes, do that. Right. But at the end of the day, it's entrepreneurs who run the world, period. Right. It's entrepreneurs that run the world. And so, you know, sticking to that old model that the only way I'm going to be successful is if I go to school and get a degree. I mean, literally, as we talk now, I know people who have master's degrees who can't even get a job, right? I know nah, people that's have a fact. tons Big of facts. degrees, right? They're highly educated, but they're not working in the field in which they went to school because it's really like that paper is not what it's about. No. What it's about is having an idea, finding, seeing a problem, and finding a solution to that problem, and then using your skills to find a solution to that problem. And once we start to understand that, I think that, you know, collectively, we'll get to a space of wealth, we'll get to a space of abundance, because now people are using what's natural to them, which is their gifts, and then honing those gifts, right? 
you know, take some classes, take some courses, like do online stuff, right? I'm not saying that educa education is very important, but it doesn't have to be that one way. It's not the golden ticket. And I think we had a mm. beginning episode about that. Oh. Yeah, that degree is not the golden ticket to have six figures, to be the millionaire. It's literally a paper, but you got to take that process in which you're doing it in and learn from it Absolutely. and find the solutions to the problem. And I think that's something big that you just touched on. That's really the formula for a business, yes. right? You find your purpose, then you find a problem and you find a solution to the problem and how you fix it. And you know how your own way of fixing that problem. Yes. And that's a key point in building a business. Right. Absolutely. Because other than that, right, people might have an idea and they say, oh, this is a great idea. But if nobody's buying your idea, if nobody could find value from your idea, then it's really not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you have to right? like you're not a business if you don't have a solution to a problem. Like, what is your value? Because, yeah, you can put out a business and tell all your friends and family and probably get support from them because they appreciate you and they want to support you. But when all that is done, can you sustain next year? Can you sustain year two, year three, year four, year five? No, because you tapped out your friends and family and you didn't really build a solid business. And so you have to find that thing that you're good at. And will people pay you, right? Will people pay you to solve their problem? Mm, you just went into something really, really good. That pool. A lot of people don't understand that sometimes you tap out your audience. Mm. Sometimes your audience can only take you so far until you have to actually grow your audience more because they, they just bought all they can. Like you can only take them to so much of a level. And I kind of want to get into whenever you were getting into business, because we know you were a CEO of a bank. Just how much were you making as a CEO of that bank? Six figures for sure. Six yeah. figures. So whenever you decided to jump off the porch, did you already have your business established or this was just something like, fuck yeah. it, I'm done? Yeah, I'm done. And in fact, making six figures and then going into entrepreneurship fell fat on my face, right? Almost went into foreclosure, right? Because I'm living a certain lifestyle mm -hmm. and then now I've never seen no real entrepreneurs, and, you know, so I thought fame equals money. And so I was already like, on Hot 97, Black Enterprise. So I was already popping. So I was like, oh, my book's about to make a million dollars. Literally, did I know? I, you know, I think that my first year as an entrepreneur, I made 60 grand, right? Somebody might think that's great. Like, wow, mm -hmm. right? But when you already live in a six-figure lifestyle, 60 grand just ain't enough. No. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, for me, just jumping out without a plan almost cost me my house, almost cost me my marriage. You know what I'm saying? Like, almost cost me my manhood in a way where I used to park in front of my house crying like, damn, like what you do, bro? Like it wasn't like I didn't get fired. I just decided I wanted to leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I would tell anybody who's jumping into entrepreneurship, make sure you have the plan. Make sure the numbers make sense. You know what I'm saying? If you have a nine to five, know that your nine to five, that's your investor. That's your first investor. That's who's going to fund your dream. And then once it makes sense though, right? Once it makes sense, are there the stories where somebody jumped out on faith and made it happen? Absolutely. But, you know, more times than none, if you are jumping out without a plan, you're setting yourself up. So the funny thing about after I left my position as a CEO, I wound up, you know, luckily I had some real estate. So mm -hmm. real estate was helping me a little bit. And then I wound up just getting another job, right, to float me. And the job wasn't a high level job. I was, you know, I was working as a financial counselor in, in a housing project. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? probably making about like 40, 50 grand, mm -hmm. but that was good, right? Because what happened, what it did was it gave me less responsibility than I had as a boss, as a CEO. It also allowed me to have some money to take care of my basic necessities. And then because I had less responsibility, I 
could work on my business while I'm at work, though, too, right? Because if it's slow, I ain't the boss. I ain't got to fire you. Y'all just got to give me some business, right? And so if it's slow, I got to be writing. I could be doing stuff. And that balance is what helped me get to a space where I started eventually making more money as an entrepreneur and was able to quit and never look back. And that's very, very, like, powerful. Even you being transparent that, like, you fell flat on your face. Because, like you said, unless you have that plan, it's not going to, like, go exactly the way it is. And entrepreneurship, that shit's hard. Like, Mm. I don't care what nobody tell you on the internet. Like, that shit's hard. It will test you mentally, physically. Like, it will literally put you to the test and see what you're made of because at that point it's kill what you eat or like you starving like if you don't make a sale that day ain't nobody else giving you no money that's it and you gotta have the stomach for it though too you know what i'm saying because like if you're conditioned so here's the thing right when you exchange time for money it doesn't matter what you accomplish Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you finish right because i know that regardless of what i finish if i go in and i give you 40 hours you are giving me a check for x amount of money right Mm -hmm. As an entrepreneur, if like I don't care how much effort you put in, if you, you don't, don't finish, make, you don't make no, you don't make no money at all. Right? I, you know what I mean? It's yeah. eat what you kill for real, for real. You know. And I think that's one of the biggest things with entrepreneurship and having a nine to five. It breeds the comfortability. Like it's just comfort level. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. When I have my nine to five, I get a consistent check. Right. So people are scared to do that entrepreneurship because it's not a consistent right. check. I might put in a hundred hours and might not make nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something scary. And then I kind of want to go into, like, not everybody can be an entrepreneur, right? right. That we, We've got to have workers. Somebody has to be an employee. So what is the balance for black people? What is the balance of how many, do I need to go to entrepreneur? Should I be a nine-to-five person? Yeah. So here's the beauty of a nine-to-five, the beauty of entrepreneurship, the beauty of even being a worker. You don't have to be the person that starts the business to be an entrepreneur or work for an entrepreneur, right? And so I tell anybody, again, really just looking at, you know, what skills do you have? What problem are you solving and how can you add value, right, to solve that problem? So I'll give you a prime example. You know, so for me as a financial educator, you know, I am somebody who, you know, I speak for a living and I do all this, like I run a financial education business, but I'm not good in operations, right? When I was a baker, I had an assistant manager who did all the paperwork. I didn't do the paperwork. I'm the face. I'm the voice. I'm bringing the business in. And so I have somebody who works with me. I wouldn't say work for me, but I have somebody who works with me who manages the operations, right? And that's her skill. Like she was an HR rep, rep, right? And she was somebody who worked HR at a high level. And so now, you know, being someone who has that high level skill, that's the same skill that I need as an entrepreneur. And so I would tell even the entrepreneurs, right? Think about this. You don't always have to be the face of the business. You could be the middle person. You could be behind the scenes. You could be the engine that makes things run, right? You know, people pay people who make their lives easier. And so if you have a problem or if you have a solution to a problem Mm -hmm. and you can help an entrepreneur make their lives easier, you could become an entrepreneur who helps entrepreneurs, And in school, they call that an entrepreneur. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's just being able to transform from the inside. Absolutely. Because that's all an entrepreneur does is they bring their visions to life and transform it. You can still work from within a business and do that. Yes. And I kind of want to get into the books, my brother, because you just said you're working on another one. Yes. You're working on another one. You have eight right now, right? Yes. How long, (laughs) like, how long does it take you to, like, churn out a book, like, What's your process with this? Because 
it seems like it's you non-stop. Gotta, it. You like, gotta have a formula to release eight books, man. Yeah, like, not, yeah, it's non-stop now. You're some so, little Wayne mixtape <laughs> yeah, shit yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm in the studio all day, B. <laughs> now, you know what it is? I think when I wrote my first book, um, it took me about eight months, you know, to write a book, to write the first book. And then it just got easier and easier. I mean, my method now is, you know, Hove style, Lil Wayne style. I don't write no more. You know what I'm saying? And I think that writing is where people get caught up at, right? And so if I said to y'all, Yo, here's a piece of paper in one minute. I need you to write down what Black Wealth Renaissance is about, right? You probably couldn't do it in a minute. You're going to start, because mm-hmm. even writing Black Wealth Renaissance probably going to take you a minute to do that, right? That Renaissance alone. Exactly. That's a long ass word, right? And so it's going to probably take you a minute to write Black Wealth Renaissance, let alone <laughs> describe it for me, right? But if I say, yo, tell me about Black Wealth Renaissance, you literally could do that in like 10 seconds. The same amount of words that you would have wrote down on a piece of paper. You could tell me in 10 seconds what Black Wealth Renaissance is. And so what's the difference between writing a book, right? If you're going to sit here and literally type or sit here and literally write, it's going to take you so long. But what if you outlined everything? What if you said, you know what? I want to write this book because this is the end result. I want people to learn X, Y, Z. And so now once you outline the book, you say, what steps is it going to take for me to get to there? So let me write down those steps, right? And then now let me put out some bullet points. Now, let me pretend as if I'm teaching this to somebody, right? And so if I was going to teach someone how to fix their credit, right? I have a book called What the FICO, 12 Steps to Repairing Your Credit. If I was going to teach somebody how to fix their credit, I'm going to do a presentation, our presentation, a two-hour, however long it takes for me to do a presentation, I'm going to outline it that way, and I'm going to pull out my phone, and I'm going to take, there's an app called Otter, O-T-T-E-R, and I'm going to take Otter, and I'm going to teach you about how to fix your credit. And what Otter's going to do is Otter's going to take my spoken word and it's going to transform it into text for me. And so now I got the text and I'm going to take that text and I'm going to find either an editor. I have in-house editors, but I'm either going to go in-house or I can go to Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. I'll go to Fiverr and look for an editor. I send the editor the transcribed book. They're going to put it together for me. They're going to edit it and now they bring it back to me and I have a book that is ready, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to make sure everything looks good. My last book, Hustlenomics, rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle, took me about four weeks to write. Four to eight weeks, and that was because I was doing, you know, I was doing stuff, right? I was mm-hmm. working on other projects, but it didn't take me that long, you know what I'm saying? And that was because of that process, and that's what it is, right? And think about, we just talked about entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. Think about somebody who's good at editing. They can start a business that's being an editor, editor. Yep. for book writers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow, that's pressure, and that's hard. And the fact that you took those same skills, once again, you got that giver mentality about you. Mm -hmm. You took those same skills and you're helping other people get their books off the ground and everything, right? Can you tell me a little bit about your program? Uh, I was listening to you earlier with Dre. You got a student. They done made about 50 bands pre-launch. The book ain't even launched. Turn on that investment. (laughs) My man's Eight bands for the program? Yo, eight bands for the program, 50,000 uh, in sales. And that's just pre-launch, though, right? And yeah. so, you know, the goal is way more than that. Because you got to think about this, right? Like, the same way somebody would hire a financial advisor or a stockbroker to help them, you know, put their money in the right stocks or the right mm-hmm. investment so they could grow their money, mm-hmm. that's what a book is. A book is an investment. A book is passive income. A book is an asset, right? I wrote Mind Right, Money Right. 10 Laws of Financial Freedom in 2009. I sell that book. Every month I get a check from Amazon for that book, right? Because it's an asset. And Mm -hmm. so I created the program because 
You know, fast out to my guy, Derek Grace, right? Derek Grace once said, when you pay me, you're not paying me for my knowledge. You're paying me for my mistakes. Mm, that's powerful. That's, that's hard. Right? That's it's hard. a big bar. I, you know, I, I was like, yo, you are paying for my mistakes. Yeah. And so my first book, I only sold 80 copies the first year. 80. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right? I sell 80 of them, right? Like, that's nothing now. But when I first came out, 80 in a whole year is because I didn't know the formula. And so for me, that's over, you know, 11 years, you know what I'm saying? 12 years of figuring things out. And so, yeah, anybody, like, self-publishing a book is very easy right now, right? So anybody could self-publish a book. There's a lot of people who say, yo, I'm a self-published author. There's a lot of people who actually, you know, play with the algorithms and they say, yo, I'm a best-selling author. But how much are you selling? No, right? Exactly. Don't tell me you're a best-selling author because you play with the algorithm and you know what category, you know, to put yourself in yeah. where nobody else is. And like, all right, cool. That's good. But how much are you selling? How many books yeah. are you selling? How many units are you selling? How much money are you making? And what's so for numbers? me, right, what's, what's your numbers, numbers looking like? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. What's your numbers looking like? And so for me, um, you know, I've made all the mistakes. I figured a few things out. And so when people are buying my course or when people are buying my program, it's really, you know, they're paying for my mistakes. They're paying for all the mistakes that I did, right? Like, why should you self-publish? Why shouldn't you ever use Amazon's ISBN number? You should own your own ISBN number. Why should you make sure that your book company is it the same as your book title, right? The small nuances, though, right? Small nuances, right? So, like, I self-publish all my books. I could have easily called my publishing company Ash Cash Books. The name of my company is Mind Right Money Management. I could have called it Mind Right Books, but now nah, I didn't do that. Then my book publishing company is called One Brick Publishing, right? Has nothing to do with Ash Cash. Why? Because you separated. I'm separate. I need to because I because when ABC calls, when Good Morning America calls. I don't want them to be like, oh, well, oh, he's a self-published author. We don't want to yeah. take a chance, right? No. Oh, my God. Oh, Ash Cash is signed to One Brick Publishing, right? Oh, my God. That sounds so awesome. One Brick Publishing. Is that, is that part of Simon & Schuster? You know what I'm saying? And so for me, I learned how to get maximum publicity. I learned how to buy and borrow traffic. I learned how to really get your book as a bestseller, right? Like, I have books that I don't even promote that are bestsellers. You know why? Because I figured out how do I have the right title that somebody will bundle it with another popular book, mm-hmm. right? It's called piggyback marketing. Like there's books that I have that I knew that another person that had a popular book was coming out with this book. I said, oh, let me ride that, mm-hmm. right? It's like the example of McDonald's and Burger King, yeah. right? McDonald's spends a lot of money on marketing, mm-hmm. And so when you see a McDonald's, you know that that McDonald's going to do well. You know what I'm saying? Because they're in the real estate business, so they're going to yeah. buy the property. Target audience, right? all of that yeah. shit. And the target audience, all that, right? And so what does Burger King do, though? Burger King said, yo, I'm not spending no money on marketing. I'm going to set up shop. I'm going to set up shop everywhere McDonald's set up shop. And so, you know, what are those nuances? What are those things that you can learn from other successful authors that you can do to kind of skip the line? And I teach all of that in my book program. And you see, a lot of times some people are like, oh, man, I got to do it my way. That's biting their style or whatever. But they don't understand. Success leaves clues. Oh, absolutely. Why would I not want to try to replicate what Apple did and deviate a little absolutely. bit from it? 
Why would I not try to replicate what Google did, what Ford did, Coke did? Why would I not yeah. try to build off a strong foundation, Absolutely. but tweak it a little bit? And then that's in everything. So like, I'm a sports fan. I know I'm sure y'all are too, mm-hmm. right? So we all seen Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's now trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. Right. So it's success breeds other success. Absolutely. So you've got to find what somebody else is doing. And try to play in that traffic. You yeah. know? And you know the thing, like, I don't know, maybe it's ego. I don't know what it is, right? But I only want to follow people who are successful. I'm not trying to reinvent nothing. You know why? Because I'm the source, though, right? And so I could look at every financial education platform out there. I could buy every financial book out there. I could watch every financial show out there. But at the end of the day, once I put my source in it, it's mine, right? And so I could never do what Dave Ramsey does. I could never do what Susie Orman does. I could never do what, you know, you name them. I could never do what they do. But I could see what's working for them yeah. and use that for my audience because mm. there are going to be a group of people who resonate with my voice, who resonate with my message, and I'm actually doing them a disservice. So that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about it. What are you actually in this for? Are you in it so you could say I'm original or are you in it to be impactful? Ooh. Right? Ooh. If I have an audience that need my message and it's somebody else talking to a different audience and they're effective in what they're doing, why wouldn't I work smart and take what they're doing that's effective and put my sauce in it so I can be impactful and effective to my audience? Why would I go the long way if my goal is to really be impactful? I want to impact fast. Right. And so, you know, fast out to my brothers, Rashad and Troy. Right. Earn your leisure. I was coming out with a podcast inside the vault. I could have easily did it my way. Right. Did it by myself. Large. Like we had some large guests. You know what I'm saying? And so our first guest was Candy Burris, nine million followers. She was already going to blast it out. So we didn't really need the network. Right. But at the end of the day, my brothers already did the legwork in podcasting. They already Mm. figured this thing Mm -hmm. out. And so what is Ash Cash's goal? Is my goal to be the number one financial educator in the world? No, right? My goal is to impact the people that need my message. And so if I'm going to look at my brothers and say, nah, that's my competition, so I'm going to do it my way, I have now sort of like did my audience a disservice because we served a similar audience. Mm -hmm. And so why not partner and allow my message to now reach the audience? Who cares who gets the credit, Yeah. right? If at the end of the day, the goal was to be impactful, right? And so that's what people get tripped up at. People want the fame. People want recognition. People want to be the first one, but they're not doing the work. Like, what's the point? What are you trying to do? Like, I will pay for conferences. I will pay for mentors. I will pay for coaches because my end result is that I want to be the most effective. I want to reach the most people in the most effective manner. And so whatever it takes for me to reach that goal, I'm going to do it. Mm. And I like how you just said that at the end that, investing in yourself to get to the next level. I think a lot of people right now, we get caught up and think that, you know, these online courses are like coaches and mentors. Oh, that's a scam. I can Google it. Why not? But once again, like you said, you paying for that person's mistakes. You can't Google what I teach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people don't understand that. And even goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like with the traditional school system, like just because, you didn't understand or didn't like the way people taught in school. Once you go to these coaches, a lot of these people, they don't teach the traditional way. So I just wanted to drive in that point for anyone who's listening. Like, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. And I'll give you one even better. Your entrepreneurship professor is not an entrepreneur. No. Mm. 
Nope. Right? Your professor who's teaching you entrepreneurship does not have a successful business. That was one of the things I couldn't stand in, in college. Yeah. I, I had was, one professor that had an actual business. Yeah. I was getting taught how to be a worker. I wasn't getting taught. Even in entrepreneurship classes, right. I'm taught how to be a worker in a, as, and working for an entrepreneur versus yeah. working as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason, no shots to the professors, but the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of times when you think about a coach, like I pay for coaches who have done what I want to do. Right. And so if I run a six figure business and I want a seven and eight figure business, I'm not hiring somebody who also has a six figure business. I'm not. I'm hiring somebody who knows what it takes to build a seven and eight figure business. Right. Because what it took me to get to six figures is not going to take me to seven and eight figures. And so I need somebody who's been there, done that, who can look at my business model and say, you got to tweak this. You got to do that. They're going to save me some time. Right. Because the person who has a six figure business never had a seven figure business. So I could learn that myself. I could do trial and error myself. I ain't going to pay you to be your case study and you ain't never did what I'm trying to do. I want to get somebody who's done what I've done already or done what I want to do. Hire them and save me some time. I'm paying for their mistakes. Mm. I think that's going to be the episode name. I was just saying, man. Mistakes. I was, you talked about it. I want to go to your, your show yeah. inside the vault. Tell me about that process and how it started. The show pressure. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Show on the net right now. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Yeah. So inside the vault, so you know, my whole message is mindset, period. My whole message is I don't care what you know. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care what it is. If you want success in life, you have to have the right mindset, period. And so when we came up with the idea, fast shout out to my brothers, King Richard, my brother French which are my partners on the show, number one, we wanted to do it in a way that would be impactful, but we wanted to give people the blueprint to movers and shakers, right? Like we do talk about specifics of how they got there, Mm -hmm. but what was the mindset like, right? Like what was your mindset? What type of mind do you need to have to be a multimillionaire, right? What kind of mind do you need to have in order to run a successful business? And that's what we do it inside the vault. And so it's literal and figuratively, right? So literally, we're inside the vault, right? So we shoot in Atlanta inside a nine-ton vault. That vault will never go anywhere. Like literally, the bank was built in 1909, I believe, and the vault was so heavy that they had to drop the vault in to the ground and build the building over the vault, right? So literally, it's a nine-ton vault that we shoot inside of, right, number one. But number two, all of our guests were getting inside the vault, which is inside their brain, right? Because a bank, a vault is where you keep your most valuable assets. And so your brain is where you keep your most valuable assets. And so inside the vault is really about going into the brain and getting the most valuable assets. So we've had, you know, Candy Burris talk about how she's become successful, how she's leveraged reality TV in order to become a multimillionaire. We've had Kirk and Rashida Frost, who talks about their music career and how they're building a legacy. People think about them for the gossip, but they don't even know that they're building a conglomerate. You know what I mean? You know, Earn Your Leisure, right? You know, my brothers, you know, Rashad and Troy, like a lot of people see them as podcast hosts, but they don't know what's the backstory. Where did they start? What's the mindset? How did they get so much success? How's good energy? Trucking. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of good classics out there that we put. And the goal for us is just really, you know, number one, getting people a high quality show 
but really asking those questions that people are not really asking, right? Mm -hmm. Digging a little deeper than the on the surface stuff, right? Not the gossip, not who did what to who, but really you are multi-million. Like most of the people we had on our show are multi-millionaires. Like how, right? Mm -hmm. Especially because a lot of them started from nothing. Like, how did you do it? What's the mindset? How do you keep going? How do you sustain it? And that's what we do with Inside the Vault. Now, where can they find Inside the Vault? Yeah, so Inside the Vault is on the Earn Your Leisure Network. And so anywhere you can find podcasts, just type in Inside the Vault with Ash Cash. And it's also on YouTube on the Earn Your Leisure YouTube channel. Awesome. Hey, awesome. y'all tap check into that. Out, that. Tap that into out. that. Ash, I just want to say thank you, my brother, for got, pulling up. You got one, one more question? Thing? I got one more question I've been holding. So we're the Black Wolf Renaissance, right? Yes. I think the next generation is going to be different where you're going to see more entrepreneurs. Their parents are going to be more entrepreneurs out there, more people will be investors, especially black people. How do you think that generation is going to change the world? Mm, I think the generation is going to change the world in such a big way because they're not going to know anything else, right? So I have two kids. I have, my daughter's 12. My son is five years old. They can't even fathom you know, working for somebody else, right? Like my daughter is already, she already knows how to write a business plan, right? My son is coming with me to meetings and, you know, and he's the mouthpiece at five years old. He's practicing his ad libs and he's, you know, having conversations that five-year-olds probably don't have. And so I believe that the next generation is really going to change the world in a way that's going to be so impactful. But here's the trick though. The trick though is that I don't believe that there's going to be a middle ground though, right? I believe that there's just going to be haves and haves nots. And so what's going to happen, though, is that, you know, there's going to be a group of entrepreneurs like our generation who mm -hmm. are seeing the importance of entrepreneurship and our kids are going to run the world. Right. But then you're going to have a bunch of other parents who were like, ah, forget this entrepreneurship stuff. And they're going to focus on their job and they're going to struggle with their job and they're not going to learn the skills to pass down to their kids. Mm -hmm. And they're going to create a cycle that no longer exists. And then now you're going to have the haves and the have nots. And so, well, anybody who hears the sound of my voice. You know, I want you to take this entrepreneurship thing seriously, right? And that means that whether you are starting your own idea or learning the skill sets of an entrepreneur, learn that ASAP so that way you can set up the next generation the right way. Because I promise you, the wealth gap is going to close. I promise you, there won't only be a 1%. The stuff that you guys are teaching and I'm teaching that the whole, like, it's a movement, right? Yes. Think about in the 60s. Think about in the 50s. Think about Marcus Garvey. Think about... Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. Once they cut off the neck, that's it. Movement was done. Mm -hmm. Now they had to re-energize it. Now there's no leaders. No. There's no leaders of this movement. No. This movement, the inertia, the energy of this yeah. movement is going to last forever and ever. And that's why I'm excited. That's what I love being a part of this movement because there are no leaders. Right? This is a mindset. This is a cult. Like this is our culture now. Mm. Black wealth is our culture. Mm. The black wealth renaissance. That's our culture. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked that question because now I have two follow-up questions. One, since we just talked about black wealth renaissance, how are you going to pass that wealth down to your kids? How are you going to make that last beyond your lifetime and their lifetime? Yeah, that's a great question. And so, you know, funny thing, my wife and I had a conversation with our daughter the other day and we were like, yo, we're not giving you nothing, right? Because at the end of the day, it takes three generations for wealth to be lost. And that's across all spectrum. That's not even just black. That's black, white, Asian, Hispanic. By the third generation, wealth is wiped out, right? Mm -hmm. Because the first generation grinded. They knew what it took, right? Second generation was there. So they kind of know what it took, but they were taken care of. 
by the third generation, the kids get everything. Mm-hmm. And so they just walk into it. And so they spend frivolously. They don't know how to, how to do that. And so for us, it's really about protecting it, right? And so I don't know if you guys are a fan of power, right? So the show the Power. Last episode in Power, right? Rest in peace, James St. Patrick. When he passed away, people thought that he was going to hand him checks. And what did he do? He ain't had nobody no check. He put trust. all the money in a trust, yep. right? And he said, yo... Tariq, you can't get no money unless you graduate college. There were stipulations around getting the money. And so what my wife and I are doing, we're putting all our assets in an irrevocable trust, Mm -hmm. right? Irrevocable, meaning that like once it's set in stone, nobody can't do nothing. You can't touch it. And what happens is in that irrevocable trust, we are going to set up all our assets in that trust. And the kids are going to have uh, income assigned to them, not assets. So they don't own nothing. You own nothing, control everything, right? That's pro- and that's, so what happens the- is now my daughter don't ever have to worry about the basic necessities because, all right, if we got 10 income-producing properties, maybe five of them go to her, and that income goes to her, right? And then what happens is she could use that income to grow and do whatever she wants and build more wealth and put money back into the trust. But the goal of the trust is to keep growing and growing and growing, Mm -hmm. keep buying assets. And some of those assets provide the kids with money. So that way, for generations to come, there will always be income, right? You think about the Rockefellers and all these people. Like, their family are living off of interest. They don't touch the assets. Mm -hmm. They live off of interest. And so you got to follow those who are successful at it. Mm. And my last question is, what's your why? I kind of feel like I got an idea, but what's your why? What makes you get up every day? Get on that live every damn day at like six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock this time. I'm seeing it because yeah. I'm going to the gym and I'm like, oh, let me tap in right quick. Yeah. What makes you do that every day? Yeah. So the way I was brought up, everybody told me I was going to be deader in jail by 25. Right? It was like, oh, you're going to be deader in jail. I was counted out so many times. People told me what I couldn't do. And once I made a decision, right, I made the decision. I said, nah, nah, that's not true. You don't speak that on my life. I'm going to do something different. I realized that I was able to maximize my full potential. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that there are a lot of people out here who have greatness in them and they don't have the right cheerleader. They don't have the right person inspiring them. They don't have the right people motivating them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, I am inspiration. Mm-hmm. Right. I am motivation. Right. Yeah. It, it's not attached to how much money I've made. It's not attached to my accolades. None of that. When I wake up, I inspire and motivate and I move in my being. And so that's why I do it every day. That's my why. My why is to show the person who has any doubt in their mind about their greatness that, like, I use this acronym, right? I am God, little G. Mm. But God stands for greatness on display, mm. right? And so every day I want to show you my greatness. And so every day I wake up and I make sure that I max out. How can I live my life to the fullest potential so that as the people who I come on every day, they get to see in real time? You know, the biggest thing I wish I would have saw was the grind, Mm. right? Because a lot of times I see these people, you know, oh, man, Steve Harvey's worth $100 million, right? But how? How How did did he he get get there? And so for me, I want to show you real time, right? And so last year when I started going live every day, from that time to now, three television deals, right? Working on, like, literally as we speak in April, and I don't know when this is going to come out, but in April, I'm shooting with a superstar who has a show that reaches 13 million people, right? Like, I'm in talks with doing television stuff, right? And so, while I'm going live every single day, while people are seeing Inside the Vault all the time, right? The more I become successful, 
the more people are going to be like, yo, this is that dude from mm-hmm. the checks, right? And so when I wake up and I win that Emmy, right, Emmy Award winning television host for a financial empowerment show, when I win that, think about all the people from the hoods across America who are going to be like, yo. It's possible. It's possible. It's and so that's possible. my why. My why is to show people that it's possible. It's to inspire and motivate them to be the best they could possibly be. Because I believe as long as you have breath in your body, you have purpose. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. That's a great way to, that's, that's the note to end. And once again, my brother, thank, thank you. you for pulling up. Thank, thank you me. for just tapping in with us, showing love from the rip, because you've always been a supporter of what we've sure. been doing. Like, ever since you came across our radar, we supported you, and then we saw you was fucking with us. And we was like, oh, shit, like, yeah, this shit no, lit. Thank you, thank you, so, yeah, yeah. like, I just want to say thank you for all of that. But I want you to plug yourself in. Yes. Let them know where can they get these books. Yes. Where can they get into your coaching? Yes. How can they follow you and keep up with you? Yeah, so go to my website, IamAshCash.com. Also, you know, any books that you need, go to AshCashBooks.com. I do have a book program. And so I want to give your audience a special discount. And so if you go to bwr.ashcashbookcourse.com, so Black Wealth Renaissance, bwr.ashcashbookcourse.com, I'll give you a special discount on the book course. And just for your audience, they'll also get a one-on-one with me, right? And so once they get the book program, I'll also listen to your idea. And if you want to speak to me one-on-one about your particular idea, you know, it comes with a one-on-one. Hey, I'm going to just say, y'all get that. It's going to be in the link in the show notes. Scroll up wherever you listen at, click that link, and we will have it there for you. Easy, easy, easy. And you see the value that this brother brings. You see the, he really cares. This is not transactional. This is transformational. So I would definitely say take advantage of this. And plus, he helping people like 10x, 20x their damn returns. Eight bands, 50 bands out before, bands before even the drop. Yeah. 600% return. Come, come on, man. You know, you know. If you know, you know. So look, y'all. I just want to say thank you, everybody who taps in week in, week out, supporting the Black Wealth Renaissance. We just want to say thank you for being a part of our family. Thank you for always just supporting us. And some of the best ways that you can support us, share this with your family and friends, anybody you think this can impact. Leave us a rating and review, just five-star ratings. It just takes five seconds. Give us 10 seconds of your time. Leave us a review. Or if you want to support us monetarily, sign up for our Patreon, where you can get a lot of these episodes ad-free, really before they drop. We got like 24 episodes in the vault. I'm going to play off of you. We got like 24 episodes in the vault that you can really access through our Patreon and you get some exclusive content through there also. But if you don't want to join the Patreon, you can also click our anchor support link uh, below and just make a one-time donation. We appreciate y'all. We want to keep on providing this type of value. We're really trying to take this country by storm this summer. We got something really, really special planned. So I do want to say, if you want to keep up with what we got with the podcast, text the word pod P O D pod to 337-455-7778 you can hit me up late i don't care text it you can direct access to us yeah yeah (laughs) yeah hit me up i don't care you can hit us up but that's all i got i'm sorry kelly i just went on a whole rant bro i just want to say thank you to everybody listening thank you ash cash for doing it i appreciate it man and subscribe to the youtube please just hit that subscribe button if you felt like this was any value to you hit subscribe on youtube on your podcast thank you appreciate it 
mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.